I want to try my best to finish um, the five offerings. Then we can take the communion. It's always um, necessary that anytime you're coming to Love and Grace City Church, you always come with your diary, with your Bible, and then with your, your pens as well. Because this is Heaven's University. There's a lot to learn here. Glory. Alright, so we began to teach on the five offerings of the Jewish nation. We explained that God instituted and constituted five offerings and sacrifices in the Jewish nation to help the one that sins to enjoy a broken fellowship or have a restored broken fellowship and approach God There were five main offerings and the first offering was the burnt offering. The second offering was the meal offering or the green offering or the meat offering. The third offering was the peace offering or the fellowship offering. The fourth offering was the sin offering. The final offering was the trespass offering or the guilt offering. Now we said out of the five, three of them were voluntary or an offering out of a free will or thanksgiving offerings which were a sweet smelling sour offering. God didn't make it compulsory. The offerer brought it willingly. But it's the last two offerings which, is the, which are the sin offering and then the trespass offering, they were mandatory. It was compulsory. And we explain why they were compulsory. So we said in the burnt offering, the bullock or the goat is arrested. The goat is caught. You lay hands on the animal. You slaughter the animal. Then you flay the animal and put the, the pieces of the animal on the altar of sacrifice which will burn as a fragrance to the Lord in the burnt offering every part of the animal was wholly given to God the inward parts the legs, the head everything was burnt to God as an offering and we said it was to picture how Jesus Christ wholly gave himself to God he gave himself to God's spirit, soul, and body. His emotions, his inward virtues, everything within and without was wholly given to God as an offering. His walk and everything was an offering. He did the will of God in obedience. Hallelujah. And we said all the qualifications and everything about that offering was pointed to Jesus. In fact, all the five offerings were five different aspects of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ done for us. That is how come we are to study it. If you have not been around for our conference since Wednesday, you got to get the teaching because it will bless your life forever. 
So Christ gave himself for us. But we said there is a response in the burnt offering. The response is that you also are to give yourself to the Lord. We said that we don't give our life to Christ for salvation. But we give our life to Christ after salvation. A lot of times you hear people say give your life to Christ. We can't give our life to Christ without Christ. Because a man without Christ is dead. He has no life. 1 John 5, the verse 11 says, For this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whosoever has the Son has life. Whosoever does not have the Son does not have life. So, a man without Christ does not have life. So, how do you give life to Christ? In Ephesians 2, the verse 1, the Bible says, You who were dead in trespasses and sins, He quickened. So, we were dead. We can offer that which is dead to a living God. So, the living God must give you his living life so that he can be able to come alive to be able to give your life to him. So what we do in salvation is that we receive the very life of Christ because he gave his life. You didn't. Galatians chapter 2 the verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and did what? Gave himself. That means Jesus gave his life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. So God gave Jesus to us. He gave us the life of Jesus. So we are to receive the life of Christ. We are not to give our life to Christ. We are to receive the life of Christ. Then after we receive the life of Christ in the potency and the verity and the power of that life, we are able to give that life back to him. Are you seeing that? So our response to the burnt offering is that we also give ourselves to Christ. And that is the goal of Christ giving our life. Of Christ giving his life. Jesus did not give his life so that you can take control over your life. He didn't give you his life so that you can have your life. He didn't give you his life so that you can go your own direction. No. He gave his life with the goal of you giving your life back to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, uh, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constrained us, because we, we thus judge, if one night for all, then all are dead. Mm -hmm. And that he died for all, that they which live, should not henceforth live for themselves but unto him that died for them and rose again so jesus died for us that we may live for him if you don't reach that goal you'll never reach the full potential of god's plan for your life he died for us that we may live for him if you are still living for yourself, trust me, you have not yet come to maturity. Because the real life of Christ is selflessness, not selfishness. If you haven't come to the place where you sacrifice for God and for his people, which are your brothers, you have not yet come to maturity. You are saved, yet you are unprepared. 
The problem is not that you are not doing it. The problem is that you have decided never to do it. That's the problem. And in eternity, we will not stand condemned because there is now therefore no condemnation. But we may stand ashamed that he gave his life, yet we never gave our life in sacrifice as an offering to him. Romans 12, on the Bible says, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you offer, you present, you yield the members of your body as a living sacrifice. The Jewish people give death sacrifices. We are to offer this body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. How do you do it? Remember, the, the offering was placed in the altar that was burning with fire. And the Bible says the fire must never go out. And it was the fire that made the offering possible. And guess what? This will shock you. The fire was not set up by the priests. I'll show you who set the fire. Leviticus chapter 9. The verse 24. When they set the altar of sacrifice, guess what happened? And there came fire out from who? Before the Lord and consumed upon the altar of the burnt offering and the fat. When all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. So who set the fire? Who kindled the fire? God. But God says, you must make it not go out. The setting of the fire was done by God. The keeping of the fire was done by the priest. So, the setting of the fire was the work of God. The keeping of the fire was a command from God to the priest. He says, you shall keep it ever burning and it must not go out. In other words, the priest had the duty when you read the Leviticus, you're going to find it there. They were to put wood in the fire continuously. In other words, when the fire is coming down, you go and put more wood and take off the ashes. You put more wood, you take off the ashes. That means... You can only offer yourself as a living sacrifice to the extent of the fire that is kindled in your life. The good news is that when you got born again, God started a fire in your life. It was supernatural. But the maintenance of that fire is dependent on you. You didn't get this. Do you see God set the fire? But God knew that the fire will go out. So he says, make sure it doesn't go out. That means the fire God gave to you through the power of the Holy Ghost living in you. It came when you were born again. But listen, that fire can die. And when that fire dies, I'm telling you, no offering can be given. Because your offering may be a dead animal that is lying on the altar. But without fire, it can't be offered. Because it's out of fire that smoke ascends. So without fire in your life, whatever you give to God will be done out of stress. That's how come when you are even waiting, listening to the word of God, you are tired. Fire is dead. We go for evangelism. You are tired. You say, oh, they are worrying us. Fire is dead. So the offering is not pleasing. There is no fire. So many Christians are trying to serve God without fire. And it was the priest that was supposed to put the wood on the fire. Anytime the fire is going on, you put wood to rekindle it. So everything you must do to keep your fire burning, you have to do it. And it is constant. The fire was given one day. You keep it forever. Every morning and evening, fire was supposed to be on. 
That means your life must be on fire every single time. And you must do it. You must keep your prayer life alive. You can kill your prayer life. You can kill your Bible study life. You can kill your evangelism life. You can kill your life of fellowship with other believers. You can kill that fire. May your fire never go out. So your problem is not fire because it's there, but it's dead. Say, Lord, give me fire. Come on, shout, Lord, give me fire. Hallelujah. Then we spoke about the second offering, which was the green offering. We said the Greek word for the green offering is minka, which means to bestow a donation or a gift. In the green offering, they were supposed to bring greens, not blood. So, they brought the best produce of grains, which they used for flour. And God said to them, the flour must be fine. Mix that fine flour with oil, with frank incense, and with salt. And take it through a baking or frying process and make bread out of it. When you make that bread or cake out of it, you are going to pour it back on that same altar and burn it as an offering to the Lord, as a sweet-smelling fragrance. We said that all this was representing the fineness of the humanity of Jesus, even to the point of death. The flour must be fine. Fine flour means when you take your hands through it, there is no coarseness. There is no unevenness. It is smooth. That means the life of Jesus was fine. His life was without sin or imperfection. It must be mixed with, with oil. That means Jesus lived the life of the fullness of the spirit because oil signifies the Holy Ghost. He was full of the spirit. Mixed with frank incense. We said frank incense signifies prayer. Let my prayers be set before you as incense. Frank incense also signifies resurrection. It also signifies a life that is well pleasing to God. So that means Jesus had a prayer life. He was and is the resurrection and the life and he lived a life that was well pleasing to God. And they were to mix it with salt. Salt has preservation power yet it has killing power. Salt can preserve yet it can kill germs. So it gives life, preserves life and terminates life. So in Christ contained the termination power. So a sin was only terminated and its power was destroyed only in Christ Jesus. And Jesus was and is the only person that has the ability to preserve a man that believes in him. And God says, take it through the oven. There were three different types of uh, baking process. We had the oven. We had the frying pan. And we had the pan. Now, the frying pan is always fully open. The pan is partially open. And the oven is completely closed. It is hidden. You don't see what is going on there. Remember that all of the pans goes through fire. Fire signifies the suffering and the trial Jesus went through on the cross. There were three degrees of suffering. In the frying pan, it is open. That is the suffering that happened to his body, which we all could see. The frying pan was the affliction he went through in his soul, which we partially saw by the things he said. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
he was expressing the grievance of his soul. So we saw that partially. But there was one suffering Jesus suffered, which was the oven. When something is cooking in the oven or burning the oven, you can't see it. Which was a suffering he went through in his spirit, which nobody could see with his physical eyes. There were demons tormenting and mocking Jesus in the spirit, which no man could see. All our sins became like a punch, a blow that was given to Jesus Christ in punishment. He suffered in his spirit. Nobody could see that. It takes the spirit of revelation to see it. And Jesus suffered for us so that we can be the bread of God that is put together in union. And we said, what is the response of the believer to this particular offering? Remember the, fine, the flour was fine. That means the believer's life must be fine. It was mixed with oil. The believer must have the fullness of the spirit in his work with God. Mixed with frankincense. You must have a prayer life and your life must be well pleasing to God and you must outlive the resurrection life. It was mixed with salt. That means the believer has been made the salt of the earth and he must allow his saltiness to salt the world. Then, God said to them, don't add living. Don't add honey. I told you living signifies sin. That means there was no sin in Jesus. That means if you are, your life is supposed to be without living. That means you are supposed to live a life without sin. And God says, don't add honey. I told you honey is that which is sweet yet it has undergone fermentation or decay. So living signifies natural things that are done in the flesh. Christ did not walk in the flesh. Neither should you. So there should be no carnality in your life. Fleshliness. You must remove it out of your life. If you want to enjoy the spirit life. And remember, the grain offering was an offering of thanksgiving to God. So if Jesus gave himself to us, what is our response? Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is our response. If you check out throughout the, the New Testament, Thanksgiving is mentioned several times, yet believers don't thank God. They don't see that to be necessary. And listen to me. Your life will be deficient without Thanksgiving. I first had to understand this practically before I saw it in scriptures. I had some fathers in the Lord. Anytime I was working with them, when they are driving, they'll just be shouting, Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, thank you, thank you for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of life. I didn't understand. I didn't get it. My father will start praying and he'll start by saying, Father, we thank you. I just start. Ramakopoto sefeketibu. He said, Thank you, Father, for my children. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanksgiving, it, it's a weapon. It's actually a practice of appreciation to God. Every believer must learn to practice thanksgiving in his life. Please, if you don't know how to do it, learn it. If you don't have a heart of thanksgiving, everything will soon look poisonous in your life. Your job, you will never be satisfied with it. When you don't have a life of thanksgiving. Let me show you some few scriptures. You can write it down. Jonah chapter 2 the verse 9 the Bible says but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of 
Thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is a sacrifice we give to God. Jesus gave himself to us as a gift. We give ourselves to him in the voice of thanksgiving. And look, he says, I will bear that which I have vowed. In other words, you owe God thanks. If somebody does something for you and you don't thank the person, what does it look before the person? Ingratitude. Listen, even you human beings, when you do something for somebody and the person doesn't thank you, how do you feel? And many don't know that we treat God in that same way. We are angry people didn't thank us. And we say, me, I will never give him money again. You, if God was to judge you by that. You see how funny we human beings are? This guy didn't thank me. How much did he give? Two CDs. Someone saved your life with his blood. And two CDs. I won't do it again. Don't do. So you see how funny we, we human beings are. And before God, we are nothing. It says the voice of thanksgiving is a sacrifice. See, anytime you begin to give thanks to God, surprisingly, the easiest things are the things Christians don't do. Do you know that for them, for what they offered as thanksgiving was an animal? What you offer is your voice. And you won't do it. Hebrews 13, 15. Because your boss has not paid you at the end of the month. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What is that sacrifice? He says continually. So it must be every day in your life. See, let no day end without you thanking the Lord. Look, he says that is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. The word name in Greek is onomos, which means reputation. It means achievement. You thank him for what he did. Both what he did in the spirit realm for your salvation and what he's doing now currently in your life. You must thank him for it. Do you know that Jesus healed 10 lepers? Only one came back to give him thanks. Look what he said. All the 10 were healed. He said to only one person, thy faith has made thee whole. There's a difference between healing and wholeness. When you are healed, the pain or the place where you suffered is gone. When you are made whole, that means your finances, your marriage, everything surrounding your life becomes whole. Only one received it when he came to give thanks to God for what Jesus did for him. It is the same with many believers. He has done a lot. Only few thank him for it. Listen, you are looking at your life with the wrong lens. That is how come you don't think there is anything to thank God about. What is there to thank God? My salary is 500 Ghana cities. Shame on you. Someone does not have a salary. Thanksgiving. How can I thank him when there is no food on my table? You thank him that you are not in hell today because Jesus redeemed you. It's something to thank him about. Every believer must offer that sacrifice. That's your response to the grain offering. They gave God cereals as offerings to the Lord. You give him thanks as an offering. Offering is not just coming to drop something. Offering begins from your lips. Thanksgiving. Tell someone thanksgiving. First Timothy chapter 2 the verse 1. 
Look, he says, I exhort thee, therefore, that first of all supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks. It is mentioning different aspects of prayer. And he included thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is an aspect of prayer. You can switch into thanksgiving well for 20 minutes. It's only thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for this church. Thank you for redemption. Thank you that you saved my soul from hell. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Listen, when you begin to scan through all the finished work of Jesus Christ, your mouth will be full of thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6. Look, he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with. So every request you make to, to God must end with thanksgiving. He says supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known. You see why many Christians are not seeing the effect of their prayer life. You cry without thanking. And listen, God does not respond to your tears. Because God is not emotional. He responds to your faith. So he says your request be made not with tears. Of course, there are sometimes you, you tear. It happens. But that tear should not be tears of unbelief. He says supplication with thanksgiving. Then he says be anxious. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. The moment you allow anxiety to take over your life. There are some of you, you are, you are thinking your rent is going to end in the next one month. Now you have started worrying about something that is about to take place 31 days from now. It has prevented you from doing what you are supposed to do in the now. Thanksgiving. I don't worry about my life. Learn not to worry about your life. Because someone said 98% of the things we worry about the future are not real. Haven't you seen that before you were there? You were worried. How are we going to buy Kente? How are we going to buy? Uh, how are we going to rent a house? How are we going to buy the wedding gown? How? You be saying how before you realize you are finished wedding. So all the things you were worrying about was useless. You could have used all time, all that time for worrying for thanking. When believers understand the power of thanksgiving, it will change every aspect of your life. When I say thanksgiving, I'm not just talking about thanking him for the good things that happen. You thank him even for the bad things that happen. Because all things work together for our good. To them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So the job you did not receive is thanks number one. No, you, you, you got to understand this. If not, the devil will steal it from you. you he will steal it. He said, you see, you did not get that job. <laughs> Where's your thanksgiving now? But you must be smarter. One of our members, after the 40 days, people were sharing their testimonies. After the 40 days, they, they sacked, her, her madam sacked her from work. And she was staying at a place the madam provided. And the madam gave her two days to leave the house. So she has to pack everything. In fact, it was like a kiosk. But it's this modern kiosk. They said, leave out in two days. And she was like, ah. Everybody fasted. They are having testimonies. I finished the 40 days. They sacked me. I lost my job. I lost my house. She came on Sunday. Pastor Toto was preaching. And then she heard that I gave my car. And she said, if pastor did this, father, give me a testimony. Out of this seed he has sown. The next day, 
a woman called her and said, I'm giving you a job. I heard you have lost your job. I'll give you a job. He said, I don't have a place to stay. I will rent a house for you. Name the price. He said, name the price. Her salary now is twice where she was working. And she has moved from a kiosk to a, to a cement made house. That's where she's staying. So, actually, after the 40 days, God says, ah, you know, the way you have saturated yourself, I want to change you from the kiosk. But in the natural, she did not see the, the plan of God. So when she was removed from the kiosk, she thought her, all hope was lost. Meanwhile, God was setting her up for something bigger. So, you see, we who live in the natural, when we look at the things happening to our lives, we are like, God, what is happening? When a seamstress is sewing a dress and she starts cutting and you are not a seamstress and you look at it, you say, what, is, what foolishness is this? When a man is sewing a suit and he starts cutting and you see it, you're like, what foolishness is this? When a woman is cooking food and you, you are not a cook or a chef and when she starts cutting, you say, ah, what are you doing? But give her time. That's it. That's it. That's it. So one time my wife was preparing jollof to my mind how I saw jollof being cooked. It wasn't like that. As she was cutting, I said, baby, but I thought you were supposed to say, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I just went to the hall to go and watch TV. But all of a sudden, after 30 minutes, by the time I came, I saw some, something beautiful. I was like, whoa. So we will not understand the maker. We will not understand the chef of our life. We will never understand him when he's doing it. But let him finish. And we realize that it was all beautiful. Look at how a potter makes. When you see how he takes the clay. Like, no, 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 no. How? You are destroying the clay. You are destroying it. You don't understand. He understands. So what is our response to God, even when we don't understand what he's doing. Because listen, the goal of the believer is that, listen, everything will work together for his good. You must understand that before you live life. Even your mistakes you are doing now, God will use it for your good. Oh, I'm telling you. Joyce Mayer was raped when she was young. She's one of the greatest women we have today who is a preacher. She was raped and abused seriously. She had all the chance to be so bitter about her life and said, God, why did you allow them to rape me? How can I give a testimony? Not knowing God used that, that suffering she went through to counsel all women who have gone through affliction so that they don't commit suicide. You can imagine if she said she would never serve God again. Listen, don't give up. You can't. You must rise up and start to thank the Lord. Say, thank you, Jesus. I don't understand your plan fully, but I thank you. And listen, the moment you start doing that, the devil will just walk away. I'm telling you. All that sorrow you have been feeling is because you have welcomed another presence that is not God's presence. Deal with it. Tell, tell someone, deal with it. You are struggling to pay school fees today. You know what God is preparing you for? He's raising you to now start to pay school fees for people in the future. Because when you don't go through the pain of lack, when abundance comes, you mismanage it. So what do you do? Thanksgiving. All is not well, but all is well in Christ Jesus. And I thank him for it. 
Let not the devil steal your joy. He has succeeded for too long. You must, you must rise up against what he's doing. That voice that tells you that you have lost hope in life. Listen, if you replace it with thanksgiving, I'm telling you, you're going to see that your, your life will just brighten in a second. Lift up your hands right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the bad, the good, and the ugly. I thank you. Say, I don't understand your plan. I don't get it fully. But I know you are wise. You are good God. And whatever you are doing is for my good. Thank him right now. Come on, thank him. We will not wait to end the service before we thank him. We thank him for every single thing he did for us. And this is what the Lord Jesus appreciates. He appreciates it. This is what marvels the angels. Human beings who are living in this world, who have so many problems, so many struggles, yet they thank God in the midst of struggles. Demons can't understand it. They can't understand how a child of God will, will have so much bad news, yet he's saying, thank you, Jesus. Even when he's weeping, he's saying, thank you, Jesus. And that is what marvels heaven. Just thank him. Maybe you were used. Thank him that Father, something good is coming out of me. Maybe someone took advantage of you and you think nothing great will come out of your life. You are lying to yourself. Or maybe someone lied to you. He took advantage of you. Even your boyfriend even cheated on you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were refused of that interview. It doesn't matter. The business you started did not go through. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just thank him for it. And that is faith. Because we don't see it yet. But we thank God for the God who sees the future. And fixes everything and sets it in place. I thank you Jesus. I thank you Jesus. I thank you Jesus. I thank you Jesus that I'm alive. Thank you Jesus. That I can afford three square meals. I thank you Jesus. That I have kids. I thank you Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Makudi visa. Makola vranda masosha. Elavuvu. Ishani moko. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the lost appointments. Thank you for the bad debts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that brokenness. Thank you for that, that, that loneliness. I thank you. 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 That no money in my pocket. That bankruptcy in my account. I thank you. I thank you. That 300 Ghana City salary. I thank you. I thank you for everything. I bless you. The devil will no longer take advantage of my life. Because you are good God. I don't understand you fully. But you are good God. You are great God. I bless you. Lord I thank you for the ministry. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you. Thank you for every member here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We bless and adore you. We magnify you. We give you glory. Malerikos. We love you. We love you. Even for the miracles we are yet expecting, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 4, the verse 2. The Bible says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Part of your prayer should be filled with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Many don't know this. There are some things you can do that gladdens the heart of God. And many don't know that there are many things that we do and don't do that either honest God or dishonest Him. When God gives you a new job, come and thank Him. Come and thank Him with part of the money you received. Come and thank Him. when you were almost hit by a car and you escaped, come and thank the Lord. Someone says, so what if I don't thank him? It doesn't mean anything. I mean, you, when you don't thank him, it's nothing. But when you thank him, it is something. Heaven recognizes it when you come and thank him. Listen, one thing people don't understand about giving at the end of the month is that, you see, when you go and work, it means you struggle with all your labor yet you acknowledge that it was God's grace that provided so when you receive your salary, say, God, I want to appreciate you with the little I've received because I thank you for the provisions you have made ahead of me. So this is a part of it. It is honor to God. And God receives this as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And that's what many people don't know. And this is what makes believers different from other believers. How they respond to God. It matters. It matters. And God looks at our hearts based on how we respond to him. Thanksgiving for that new job. At first, I didn't understand. When people give birth and they give an offering to Tango, I said, ah, is it necessary? Because I was confused. I didn't understand these things. And I realized heaven receives it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible tells us there's a way we can honor God. Look, he says, honor the Lord with thy substance. So anytime you give something that is part of your substance, it's an honor, it's a respect you are showing to him. And with the first fruit of all thy increase. Look at the next verse. He says, so shall thy bands be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We need to understand that this is a practice in the kingdom. I'm telling you. Because anything today you place value on is tied to your heart. You need to listen to this. Anything you place value on is tied to your heart. If you're able to give part to God, you're telling God that God, this thing does not hold my heart. You hold my heart. And that is why it is very difficult to do certain things. This is the reason. Thanksgiving. That's our response to God for the sacrifice he did for us. We thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, peace offering. The peace offering or the fellowship offering. Because of the time, uh, let me just give you the
So when you go home, you can read Leviticus chapter 3. The whole of it. And then Leviticus chapter 7, the verse 11 to 36. Because of time, I want, to, I want to finish all the offering before we leave. Now, what is the peace offering or the fellowship offering? Now, the word peace offering is from the Hebrew word shalem. Shalem. Now, the word shalem is from the deep root word shalam. Say shalam. And shalam means to be safe. It means to, be, to make complete. It means to be friendly. It means to reciprocate. It means to make amends. It means to finish. It means to give again. Or to make peace. Or to perfect. Or to make one to prosper. Now, this word shalom is also from a deep root word, shalom. And all of you know shalom, right? Shalom means peace. No wonder Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace. We're going to see that now. Now, shalom means safety. It means well and happy. It means health and prosperity. That's shalom. It means favor. It means friendship. So in this explanation, you should, you should already know what that offering is for. Right? It means to rest. It means the welfare of another. Hallelujah. Now, what was the purpose of this offering? You can write it down. The purpose of the peace offering was to consecrate a meal between two or more parties before God. It was to consecrate a meal offering between two or more parties before God and share that meal together in fellowship of peace. And share that meal together in fellowship of peace and a commitment to each other's future prosperity. Let me repeat that again. The purpose of the peace offering was to consecrate a meal between two or more parties before God and share that meal together in fellowship of peace and commitment to each other's future prosperity. Hallelujah. So now, the peace offering was almost just like um, the burnt offering. But it had a different purpose. Now, in the burnt offering, everything was wholly giving to who? To who? God. In a peace offering, the same animal is sacrificed through the same process. I don't want to go through the process. But it's the same process. But this time around, God shares the meal with the priest and the sinner who comes to offer it. All of them eat at one dining table. So, it was believed that during the peace offering, the one who came to offer that offering goes to call his family members and friends and they come together with a priest to eat before the Lord. And it's assumed that the Lord is also eating with them. So it's like they were fellowshiping together as friends. That was the peace offering. It was also called the fellowship offering. So it was an offering to um, commemorate fellowship between God and men. So in the burnt offering, everything was given. In the peace offering, everything was shared. That's the difference. The burnt offering, everything was given. The fellowship offering, everything was shared. 
So the one who offered it shared it together with God. The priest ate it, God ate it, and then, not, not literally, God didn't eat it literally, but it is assumed when it was offered to God, God received it. Are you seeing that? Then the, the man also could bring his friends and family to come and dine on the same table and then enjoy fellowship with God. Hallelujah. So now, in the peace offering, there was one unique thing about it. Can I share with you? Are you sure you're going to love it? The breast of the animal was given to the high priest. Then the thigh of the animal was given to the priest. Now, the breast of the animal given to the priest was supposed to be used as a wave offering. So they waved it to the Lord like this. Can you see that? Wave offering. Those who are outside, if you see the picture of someone waving, you understand the wave offering. Hallelujah. Then the thigh of the animal was given to the priest as a heave offering. What's the heave offering? This. They heave it. So the wave offering, the breast of the animal, the heave offering. So one is what? Horizontal. Right? And the other is vertical. Can you see that? So now, are you ready for this bump? write this down the peace offering was a meal that was shared with the Lord, the priest and sometimes the common Israelites this was the only offering in which the offerer could eat of the same meat of the sacrifice this offering was also voluntary offering and a sweet savour to the Lord which was indicating fellowship and communion. Are you following this? So, it is assumed that both God and man fed on the same offering. Both God and man did what? Fed on the same offering, which means fellowship and communion. So, it pictures... The fellowship and the communion the believer has today with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the peace offering was only a typology of Jesus Christ for he is our peace offering. The one who brings us near to God in fellowship with him, he fulfilled this for us on the cross. Remember, Jesus Christ before he was about to die, he called his disciples and ate what? bread and drank wine on the same table. He was telling them that in my offering to God as a sacrifice, I will call all of you to enjoy fellowship and communion between me, you and God that we may be one. So that was the purpose of the peace offering. Hallelujah. Now let's look at some few scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. So by the sacrifice and the offering of Jesus, we as believers have peace with God. This is good news. We have peace with God. We have been called into the fellowship. Look, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes are far off, who were far from God, are made near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made near. Look at the next verse. He says, for he is so remember I said the Old Testament was an anticipation of Christ the New Testament is the explanation of Christ 
we find the realization. So what you saw as peace offering in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus who is now our peace. He brought us near to God so that we would dine in fellowship with the Father. So you are no longer a slave. A slave cannot eat on the same table with his boss. A slave does not enter the bedroom with slippers. You remove it. You come with fear. You can't, can a slave open the fridge uh, uh, in the bedroom of the madam? You dare not. Can a, a slave take a series and crack ice cubes? Pour it inside. Take digestive. Sit down. Cross the leg and be. Ah, we are seeing dewate. You, you can't do that as a slave. You feel sorry for yourself. That barrier is broken. Now he called them friends. Much more brothers. So now look. He says for he is our peace. Who has what? Made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. God was saying this between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews thought because they had the covenant. They were more closer to God than others which are the Gentiles. He says, no, now because Jesus, who has become our peace, he has made both Jews and Gentiles one and has broken the middle wall of partition. What is it? The law. The Jews thought they were special to God because they had the law. Other people didn't have it. He says, the law has been taken. There's no barrier again. He has broken that middle wall of partition. That's separateness. Look at the next verse. He says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandment contained in the ordinances for to make in one himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. He says, uh, uh, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Look, next verse. He says, and he came and preached peace. To you who were afar off and to them that were near. Look at the next verse. He says, for through him, in other words, through his sacrifice, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Today, a prophet does not have more access to God than others. The only difference is that the prophet may have taken advantage of that access above you. So if a prophet tells you to bring Milo and Nido and that he will use it to break his fast to go and inquire from the Lord on your behalf, you tell him, prophet, me I'm a trap tea, what is <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, we both have what? Access. By one spirit to the Father. We both have access. No pastor has more access to God than the ordinary member. We are just privileged to be serving you as leaders. That's all. So we don't, nobody has more access to God than others. No. But there are people who have enjoyed or taken advantage of access more than others. How? By tarrying longer. Hallelujah. And the incredible thing about this offering, do you love this thing? Remember, there were two offerings within the peace offering. What was the first one? Wave offering, the breast, and then what? The heave offering, which is the tie of the animal. Now, this is what? Horizontal. 
right? This is what vertical. Now, anytime you think of vertical, you think of what God to man, horizontal, man to man. That means in the sacrifice of Jesus, he attained peace between God and man and between man and man. <laughs> so he attained peace between God and man. It is sorted. Between man and man, it is also sorted. This is good. Tell someone I have access. I have peace with God. And tell someone I have peace with you also. So it is illegal to quarrel with a believer for more than one day. Because you are insulting the sacrifice. He attained peace between man and man. How dare you decide that me? It is over between us. It can't. <laughs> it's illegal. That means you are insulting the work of Jesus Christ. So let's look at God to man relationship. Okay? Let's look at the first scripture. Romans chapter 5, the verse 1. I love this thing. I feel the Holy Ghost. Glory. It says, Therefore, being justified not by our works, but by what? Faith. I am made right with God, not because of what I did. I'm made right with God before God because of what? Jesus. So he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Are you seeing how did the peace come? Through your good living? Through who? Through our Lord Jesus. Listen, never go to God in confidence because you did something good. There are some of us, we place our confidence in the one week life that we live that was fine. Seven days, you didn't insult anybody. So when you're going to prayer, you're like, if it's a name, it's it's like it's like you are standing on your righteousness you are standing on your own merit and you think because he did not do what if the next week something happens how will you go next time then that means you are going to have a fluctuation in your access today we have a constant access so we can go at any time with confidence, not in ourselves, but because of what Jesus Christ attained for us. We have peace with God. Listen, God is not at war with us. And it's high time every believer comes to know this. You know, we preach an angry God. Yes, God's, God's anger is still there. But His anger is revealed against those who have not received the sacrifice. But listen, a man that is in Christ Jesus will never will never experience God's anger. Because Jesus received the fullness, the weight of God's anger, of God's anger, which was revealed in his holiness. Listen, God's anger is not bad temper. God's anger is his holiness. Because God is holy, God does not tolerate sin. Because God is holy, sin is against his purposes. So every sin must be punished. But because you sinned and God loves you at the same time and he must punish you because you sinned. Now, he himself must become the sacrificial lamb that must be punished to take his same punishment for himself. Are you getting this thing at all? So someone says, how can God have anger? How can God have wrath? And he tells us we shouldn't be angry. You don't understand this thing. God's, God's anger is holy. Your anger is not holy. Your anger can scatter. 
And even that, the Bible didn't say never be angry. It says be angry, but do not sin. So it is what you do with anger that matters. If you're a believer and you, you, you never get angry, I fear you. You're a wicked believer. Oh, I'm telling you, a believer who, who never gets angry, fear him. That means he has harbored so many things. And one day when it explodes, baby be pie. Be angry. I can show you Ephesians chapter uh, 4, the verse 27. Look at it. He says, no, give 26. Look. He says, be ye angry. So it's a command. You must be angry. There are some things that must make you angry. If I come to this auditorium and here it's not swept, I must be angry. I come and say, you are welcome, ushers. <laughs> so he says, be angry. But what? Sin not. So anger is accepted. Sinning in that anger is not accepted. Then he says, let not the sun go down to your anger. So how long does that anger stay? So if, if you stay in the same bedroom with your wife and for three weeks you have not spoken, you, you, are, you are a wicked. He says, let not the sun go down to your wrath. Four weeks, husband and wife have not spoken. Someone says, man of God, what about boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> Should I answer? Same principle. Because what you are doing in courting, you do in marriage. Marriage does not save you. You beg. You, you don't beg here. <laughs> so we have peace with God. Say, I have peace with God. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Look, he says, God is faithful. By whom also you were called into the fellowship of his son. So it is the faithfulness of God that brought us into the fellowship of God. Yes, son. It's not your faithfulness. Does it mean you are not supposed to be faithful? You are supposed, supposed to be faithful. But your faithfulness is not what brings you into fellowship with God. Are you, are you following? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the verse 18. He says, And all things are of God who has reconciled us. It means to bridge the gap. So there is no gap between us and God. Someone says, when a believer sins, God will go. When he does what is right, God will come. You don't understand this thing. The Bible says, when the Holy Ghost comes, John 14, he will abide with you and shall be in you forever. The Holy Ghost did not come to live in you because you were perfect. He actually came to perfect you. So if the one who came to perfect you gives up on you and leaves, how will you be perfect? So, we, we got to get this. Sin can't separate the believer from God. We should, accept, we should understand that. In Adam, sin brought separation. In Christ, nothing present or future. Demons, principalities, it says nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But you see, sin can separate you from God's purpose for your life. So, you see, the concept of sin must be taught well. So that we have a balance something, you know. So people say, when they sin, God is gone, God. He said, when Adam sinned, 
God was nowhere. God left. You don't find that. Someone says, when you sin, you don't hear the voice of God. That's not true. When Adam sinned, whose voice did he hear first? God says, Adam, where are you? In other words, after seeing you, you actually need to hear God's voice because it is his voice that will take you out. Praise God. This is hard truth to, you can't use logic. The gospel is not logic. The gospel is God, a supernatural God stepping out of time to do a work out of time in time. So you cannot use time understanding to understand a supernatural thing that was done. That's what the Bible says, by faith we understand. We don't understand, by, we understand by faith. I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, he says all things of God who was reconciled as to who? Himself and by by Jesus Christ. So you see, anytime he uses the word peace, salvation, what's the next that follows? By Jesus or through Jesus or in Jesus. He's letting you know that none of these things came by you and it will never come by you. It's through him. You know, haven't you realized that people who want to be under the law, they don't like grace. You know why? Because they feel grace trips you from everything you have to do to get God's access. Yes, that's what grace is supposed to do. So that none of us can boast again. So today, if you are praying, you are praying confidently. You cannot say because you did something good. You lose your confidence in yourself. And that is when all your confidence is cast upon Jesus Christ. And the moment you begin doing that, now there will be a new empowerment that will begin to stir up within you. Then you begin to respond to God's purposes naturally. I'm teaching good here. I'm teaching good. Look, um, Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. All this time is just moving. And having made peace through, uh oh, Lord, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. And having made peace through, through, no, you don't like what I'm saying. Through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether things that be on earth or things in heaven. It is by him we have peace. Are you following this thing? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the verse 14. Look, you know this one, we use it for a prayer, right? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. He says what? Now, many of you think it's a prayer. It's not a prayer. We normally say, let's share the grace. We don't share grace. Grace has been shared. We receive it. Now, look at it. Look at it. Do you see that the word be has been bracketed? Anytime you are reading the Bible, you see a word that has been bracketed or a word that has been slanted, that means it was not an original. Translators added it so that to them, they think it will make more sense. That is how come they bracketed For you to know that it was not an original, they put it there. So actually, it's supposed to read the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost with you all. So it's not saying something that will come. It's saying it is with you. We have grace. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts already. And we have the communion of the Holy Ghost. It is with us all. 
The word amen does not mean come to pass because the, the word amen itself is a person. Jesus is amen. Or you don't know that one too. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2. I wish I could get this thing. Revelation chapter 2. Good. Revelation chapter 3, the verse 14. Revelation 3. Look. He says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, This thing say it there. So, amen is a person. Jesus is the amen. So, he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, come back there. The love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with you all. Amen. In other words, amen did it. <laughs> because it is through amen, our amen, Jesus, that we receive grace. In fact, he is the personality of grace and truth. It is through the amen that God's love was given. And it is through the amen. When he ascended, he gave the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Are you following this thing at all? So, as the heave offering, he completed peace between God and man. God is not warring with man. He's at peace. You have peace with God. Now, he also accomplished the peace between man and man. That means believers amongst each other and believers amongst the world. Look at, let's take some verses. Romans chapter 14, the verse 19. Romans 14, 19. Look, he says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify the other. This is the peace that, is, that exists among brethren. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Let me do it very quickly because I have little time left. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. We have to live in peace with one another because Jesus purchased it. But it's not automatic. We must, we must act it. Are you following this thing? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Look, he says, but the fruit of the spirit. It didn't say fruits. He says fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is like tangerine. You know tangerine? Tangerine, when you take it for the first time, it's, it's like one, right? It's just a whole fruit. But when you open, open the tangerine, it has different, different sessions, right? Then you open them and remove them. He says the fruit of the spirit. That means it's one tangerine. But when you open a tangerine, you're going to see what? Love, joy, peace. Actually, he's talking about love. Because it is out of love that we have patience. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible says love is patient. Love is kind. You, we find all of them here in the fruit of the spirit. So love is the fruit. And out of love, we have patience. So he says the fruit of the spirit, not the fruits, but fruit, is love. So it's started with love. And now inside love, we find joy, peace, long-suffering. So peace is a fruit of the spirit. Never be a believer who loves quarreling. Live at peace among yourself and with others. It's a fruit. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I'll let you read a lot of scriptures. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So this is something you must endeavor to do. 
you must keep the unity of the spirit. How? In the spirit of the bond of peace. So wherever there is peace, we have the Holy Ghost lingering and having a free flow. You check a place where there is division. You don't find the anointing flowing. The spirit struggles to flow in an environment that has quarreling. And in an environment where there is no peace, check that environment. You see a lot of hypocrites. They will lift their hands. They will cry. Lord, Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. And they will get up. And the, the first person they opened their eyes to see was their enemy. This is one who just rose up from the floor. The person just resurrected. From worship. I'm telling you. If you want to see the move of the Holy Ghost in the life of a believer is peace check every environment that doesn't have peace there is every form of evil is there every form of evil is there are you following this thing yes, Colossians 3.15 look he says and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be thankful. First Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse 13. Look, he says, And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. This is an instruction. We must be at peace with ourselves. And now hear me and hear me well. We are commanded to love everybody, every believer, but we are not commanded to like every believer. Please, are you following this? I need to explain this well. So that we will not have hypocritic kind of... We will all not be each other's... Everybody here will not be tight with everybody. No, I hope you are getting this thing. We will not be tight with everybody. For personality reasons and all kinds of reasons. We will all have certain people we just love to flow with naturally. But we must love each other. Are you following this thing? We must love each other. If you find a believer who says his spirit does not click with another believer, check that spirit. Because the spirit inside you is not the spirit of God. If you can't click with another believer who you are going to stay with heaven, what can you click again in this life? You know you're not the mouse to even click in the first place. Me <laughs> Oh, fellow believer, look at your head. <laughs> no, you can only say you are just uncomfortable with something the person does that you are not comfortable with. You can't say your spirit does not agree. The person has the Holy Ghost, has the same born again spirit, and your spirit does not agree. There, there is something inside your spirit. So we may be uncomfortable about certain practices of other believers. In fact, the Bible tells us not to even eat with a believer who is always in fornication. So it doesn't mean that because the Bible says we should love, we should love everybody. If you find a believer who loves sin and is happy about it, don't be his friend. He says, mark them. Mark them. There is a point in 1 Corinthians 5. He says, don't even eat with them. 
So there are believers we are commanded not to eat with them. Immoral believers. Believers who are Yahoo, Yahoo. Oh, let me show you. First Corinthians chapter 5. You, you don't know this thing. <laughs> you don't know. So we find believers, they say we should love all. We should love all. The person, Nipani Jimmy, so they say we should love all. <laughs> Look, now I have written unto you not to keep company. Look, if any man that is called what? Who? A brother in Christ. This is a brother. He's born again. Be a fornicator. He will promise this one I'll marry you. You fire. You promise I'll marry you. Fire. So fire to fire. I'm, I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. That is called a brother. See, don't see, don't let don't let anything destroy your Christian work. A Christian, see, a Christian can destroy your Christian work. You don't know this thing. Look, he says, if any man is called a brother, be a fornicator or covet your envious people. Be, be, he, he, the person is not happy about the prosperity of other people. Mark that person. It doesn't mean when you see you see the person. No, that's carnality. <laughs> Hello, I hope everything is fine. When the person is bringing a conversation, you just cut it. Simple. But you love the person. But you love your fellowship with Christ more than anything. Are you following this thing? So anything that will affect your fellowship with God and it will destroy your Christian life, he says, cut it off. He says, oh, an idolater. The person here, we are Sini Pankasa. And let me treat now, Papa. Untiana. Oh, 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 a, a what? A drunkard. It, your, your best friend is a believing drunkard. Or to meet no, I pass over. Jibia. If you stay for long, you also start tasting. It's natural. You also start tasting. They'll say, Oh, you too, you are too no. Be too no. Because you are saving yourself. Look, he says, or oh, a drunkard, or oh, an extortioner. <laughs> That's the Yahoo. A, a fraudulent believer. No, there are believers who come and ask you. They say, I've not eaten for 25 days. My face has changed. Then you give them money. They'll go to another believer. I've not eaten for 25 days. Please help me. When you finish, you go to another believer and go and call him, Bro, bro. The Bible says we should love one another. There are believers like that. They will call 20 other believers who don't know. 
and they'll be taking money from this one. They'll take so they'll take hundred from here, two hundred from here, hundred from here. I've not paid my school fees, oh, and they, they said we don't have money. Uh, he'll cry on you. Obi will be your account. No, it's listen. That is how come every time you need to listen to your spirit. There are people who are genuine. Listen to your spirit. And of course, there are believers who have a good track record. Those believers, when they come to you by the spirit, you know that this guy is a genuine guy. It's normal. Masa, even Ghana borrows money. So who are you? As I speak to you preaching, I am owing. <laughs> and I will pay. Praise him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that you see, that's not what I'm talking about. But there are some believers. Whether they are even believers, I, I can't really even tell. They can lie that they are, they are going to do surgery. There was one lady that was caught on a WhatsApp group. She said she has a certain sickness. That sickness you can't research because the name is very huge. So she used it and she, she told all the people in the group. It was a former school. SS school. Then they did huge contribution for her. Close to 5,000 Ghana cities. And they saw her at Kanishi. Someone who was in the sick bed, they saw her at Kanishi going to board the trotro. And they said, ah, I thought you were sick. Then she bowed down her head like this. How can you do this? <laughs> oh, it was divine healing. Okay. No, it, it, that, it's, an, it's a character. You have to deal with it. You know, there's some people who are... See, when they don't have money, it's as though they are like cocaine addict. They can't stand it. It's like, come here, come here. <laughs> See, learn to live without money. We have been living that every day. Every single day. There are times there's no money. You are a pastor, but you are Learn to live without money. It's not my it's part of life. It's part of life. Sometimes you be broke. See, you know if you have money for credit. It happens. So they are some they, they are uncomfortable because they have lived a certain life to a certain level. They cannot they cannot eat banku and pepe. So they will have to take money so that they can buy KFC because it's their life. Listen, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Listen, sometimes I have to, my wife is not around, there's no money. I just get some gari, there's black pepper there. Black pepper is our salvation. <laughs> it's our savior. It's our savior. I check the susu box, there's some coins inside, I take it. There's some dry fish, two CD, I go and buy it, I sit down, I eat in peace. Udia on me. And you just find some two sachet waters, then you are just jogging you are not owing anybody. You are real. I don't want to be fake. 
because it is out of that fake life that makes you want to get money from every source and one no not to eat don't even eat on the same table with him there was one lady who went to campus and then had a roommate this is a true story that the person had to help the roommate just asked money from men by heart and the roommate taught her now when she's born she called it was not part of her she was able to live peacefully with herself when there's no money. She learned that same attitude. Now, she started sleeping with the men for the money. And now she got addicted and she cannot live without sleeping for a man. Now she started sleeping with men for free without taking money. And she went to see a pastor, told the pastor about the problem and the pastor took advantage and slept with her. After that finished work, they brought her to me. And when I said, Oh, the why? Right. <laughs> Let me. Jinaha, <laughs> standing order. Let's talk from afar. Men pay any divine electrocution be Let's talk from afar. What's your name? <laughs> it's real, I'm telling you. There are some things that grows to become something else when it is not cut. You have a chance. I'm telling you. Ask the Lord to help you. He says, such a one. So we are not commanded to, to love nonsense. No. Anything or anyone you find distracting your service of the Lord, that person may be smiling with you, but it may mislead your Christian life. And listen to me. In eternity, we will give an account of how we live our life. You will not say, it was this lady that, oh, it was this guy that did not let, let me serve Jesus. That's not an excuse. Because you have the same Holy Ghost inside you. You must be able to be sensitive to the Lord that when you find where a conversation is going, you cut it in, in your heart. And there are some of you, you are just over too nice because you don't want to offend anybody. Listen, in this life, you offend people. Get, get used to it. Get used to it. Let people know your stand. Let people know your conviction. I'm telling you. You don't take anything for granted. And you say, I don't want to lose our friendship. It will be like I'm somewhere, be some way. You know the number of pastors I've cut off for my life? I've cut plenty. And I'll keep cutting. Because I know where I'm going. And it's not everything that will go with me. Don't be afraid to lose people in your life. Ah, my time is up. So, <laughs> I've been preaching for almost one or thirty minutes. So, what we are going to do is that I think I'll have to finish the offerings next week. Is that okay?